another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus. I'm Shane Simmons, and with me is Phil Powell, who's the Associate Dean of Academic Programs here at the Kelly School of Business on the IUPUI campus. Phil, how's it going? Shane, I'm doing very well. Very well. Well, Phil, I was online the other day and doing a little bit of research, and I found something that I thought our listeners may be interested in, specifically those who are executives and managers. So check this out. According to Pavado LLC, a global research company, 65% of employees at Fortune 1000 companies want to see their CEOs publicly support renewable energy, 65%. Now, of that 65%, Phil, 73% of those are millennials. To me, I found this very interesting because it gives us massive insight into this new workforce and their values. The millennial workforce is really forcing a new perspective on business. It's a generation that is not accepting the status quo. And they're saying, we're going to do business, we're going to make profit, but we're going to do it in an ethical way. And as consumers, as employees, and as entrepreneurs, we're going to hold markets accountable. And we're going to do that with our feet, our dollars, and our time. And that really goes into sustainability, which is what we're going to talk about today. But we're going to talk about it from a numbers perspective, because let's be honest, in the past and many times you know, today, it comes down to the bottom line and what fits within a, a company's budget. The traditional way we think about the bottom line is the quarterly statement, the annual income statement. And while I was talking about the millennial generation, the value they bring is actually more of a long-term view. It's a more dynamic view. It's actually a more business-oriented view that it's, it's not just about now, profit now, but it's about profit in the future. I know a lot of times people view accounting as just measuring your taxes and reporting to the IRS, or here's my income statement and here's my balance sheet, whatever that is to different people. But really, accounting setting you up so you can understand your business. That was Sam Tiris, accounting professor here at the Kelly School on the IUPUI campus. Sam has his PhD from The Ohio State University. Before joining Kelly, he was at LSU, and he is a global scholar in the area of sustainability and accounting. Sam says many managers have been looking at accounting all wrong. Exactly. Only looking at income statements and balance sheets. Income is one measure, but income by itself doesn't mean a lot. You have to think about, well, how much do I've invested and, and how risky are those investments? That leads us to thinking about economic value added, EVA. EVA gives us a more sophisticated way to think about the value that accounting brings to the business. All EVA does is it takes your basic accounting and it asks us as decision makers to reframe it, thinking about the impact in the future, not just looking at numbers now or in the past. Well, if I have a good measure of accounting, here's my good measures of earnings, here's my good measures of the balance sheet, and I pass an audit. Is that the information we're looking for? That's just the raw inputs. For someone to use that information, income by itself doesn't mean anything, or the balance sheet information doesn't mean anything. The accountants to provide, try to provide good, clean information for you to make decisions. The decision isn't, here's earnings. The decision is, well, given my level of investment, and right now we're just talking about the money investment. The investment comes from a lot of ways. Human capital, reputation capital, uh, sustainability of your company. So whatever your investments are, these cost money and, and other opportunities. And then you can evaluate your performance with earnings. So let me make sure I have this right. EVA isn't just looking at the earnings a company brought in, 
but it's taking a much more thorough look at the finances, considering things like income, investments, and future investments, right? Absolutely. It's building on the accounting rules about how you get the data that's reported. The data that that is reported is useful, but it takes that next step in how do you take those numbers, how do you go beyond the accounting rules, and frame the return on your investments so that you can make good decisions. From an EVA perspective, investing more in sustainability can actually reduce your risk, which means reduces the probability that you lose money or that you get a return less than you expected. Companies that are proactive see these new regulations, think, all right, the, the regulations are moving the needle a little bit, but really we can see where they need to be. Rather than investing some here and investing down the road and still be subject to some environmental disaster, I'm going to be proactive and invest in a very big way today for much stronger payout. And you know what, Phil? The accounting research has shown time and time again, companies that are proactive in that environment investment outperform companies that just meet minimal standards. And you might think, but it costs so much more to be proactive. Well, back to the idea of just the cash flows. Cash flows are lower today but the payoff is so much stronger in the future. So Sam has mentioned those minimum standards a company must meet. And there are those firms that go above and beyond, which are those who are considering their EVA. But there's a third school of thought when it comes to increased standards and regulations. I talked about minimally meeting the standards, being proactive. Some companies look at this and go, you know, this just isn't worth it. We're going to exit the domain. We're not going to be an oil explorer anymore. We're just going to do this. And the thought process from these companies is, well, by exiting the domain, I avoid this entirely. Ah, but there's a twist. Typically, what's been found is, had they made the investments, they would have been better off than exiting the domain. And that's usually because somewhere up the line, the board, maybe the manager themselves, or some investors might be looking at these type of investments as, oh, it's just too costly to do, as opposed to, well, what are the benefits? EVA says, look at your benefits and then evaluate your costs. If you're on a cost setup alone and think, well, it's too costly, we're going to exit the domain, you're thinking too short-sighted. So Sam is saying that just because you have a huge cash outflow, it doesn't mean you're putting the company in jeopardy. In fact, a huge cash outflow to meet more than the standards are now, will actually be better in the long run. Again, a dynamic view of the value you're going to create. Here's the deal. You have the minimum, and you know what you need to invest to reach the minimum. Once you go above the minimum, you're no longer thinking about what the standards might be. You're now thinking about optimizing your investment for your company. For my company, this level of investment, whether it's the cleanest super duper one, the middle one, or this is really good and, and fits what we're looking for, and this will control our, our exposures, that's the right one. Because you're taking the decision away from the government or regulatory bodies on what they're saying should be to embracing what needs to be. And then you're, then you're really opening up the door to what's the best investment. It's certainly going to be higher than what a regulatory body was able to get con congruence on. Okay, so we know limiting your exposure and investing in sustainable business practice is usually a good investment to make, both socially and financially. But that's in theory. When it comes down to it, though, how do you sell this to your CFO, who is always critical of any investment, who we stereotype as being a prisoner of the quarterly statement? How do you convince your CF no 
that this is the right investment to make. Being an accountant, let me put this in a different perspective. The CFO is looking for the people who come to him to make a judgment call to give a rationale for why it's a good investment. And when, when the managers approach it only from a bottom line profit and loss perspective and only cost, the CFO has no basis for a green light. When the managers think in terms of EVA and present it in terms of we'll minimize our exposure, and by minimizing our exposure, our economic value added will be higher, then the, the CFO has a basis for saying, well, this investment makes sense. So it's not so much the CFO always saying no. A lot of times, they want to help you make investments. They want to help you make investments that make sense for the company. That means the managers have to think beyond just the numbers given to them from the accountants. They have to take those numbers and put it in a perspective that makes sense for the company. Wow, this was fascinating stuff, Phil. So really what our listeners can take away here is it's not always about the balance sheet and, and the income statements. And it's not always about this fear that so many different firms have of putting so much money out and not seeing it you know, coming back right away. This is really taking a step back and saying, look, we are investing in the future of the company, which ultimately uh, is a good return on that investment. Is that right? Absolutely. In many ways, we're celebrating the value of the information that income statements, statement of cash flows, balance sheets can give to us. Companies succeed when they look into the future. So what EVA does is it liberates us from a decision-making perspective to not only think about profits now, but profits in the future, and to make some sense of the trade-off between then and now. And that's going to do it for this episode of the ROI Podcast. We'd like to send a special thanks to Kelly School Professor of Accounting, Sam Tiris. You can stream or download the ROI Podcast through iTunes, Podbean, or our website here at the Kelly School on the IUPUI campus, hub.kelly.iupui.edu. In the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about disruptive innovation in the marketplace and things that can make you stand out and grow your business and give you an edge from your competition. So be sure to stay tuned for those next few episodes we have coming up right here on the ROI Podcast. We'll see you then. (music) 